The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the Western world, we have the highest divorce rates of any country. 60% of men and 50% of women are sleeping with someone other than their spouse. What does this mean? Welcome to Contract for Love with your host, Lori J. You'll learn to look at marriage a whole different way, or even not at all. Now, here is Lori J. Good afternoon. Lori J. here with you on Voice America, talking Contract for Love, a show based on my book, Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract. I wrote this book because I do believe in long-term loving relationships, only without the marriage ceremony. Contract for Love, a beneficial movement better suited for relationships in the now. And speaking of the now, who is Lori J? Well, I am and have been in the psychic realm doing many different metaphysical modalities, including guiding my clients, whether personally, in couples, or in groups, on how to combine our sexuality, spirituality, and the earth plane existence. And what a trip that is. I have been living, learning, and loving for over 25 years, culminating in my dream come true of talking to you through internet radio. So let's get on to our show. I have with me today a wonderful friend, marvelous friend actually, I love her to death, And also, she is a happily married woman, award-winning actress, president of her own corporation, and the book editor of my book. (laughs) And today, she's going to relate many things about her journey. And her name? Amy Serafin. Amy, welcome to the show. It's delightful to be here, my dear. Thank you. Now, you're a very independent woman, Amy, and one who is quite successful. And to be fair, you have a wonderful husband. (laughs) (laughs) He's pretty awesome. And when, you know, we talked about, when I talked about that I was writing this book, what what made you feel that you would like to be a part of this? Well, I really wanted to be a part of it because actually before my husband, I really never thought I was going to get married. So that was kind of interesting until I met him. Um, my parents, uh, both of them, have not had very successful marriages in their lives. And it's not a matter, I think, I, I'm going to even admonish myself for saying successful because I think, um, sadly, we look on marriage, you know, divorce is a failure in some respects. And I don't, I, I think that's completely wrong. But I knew in some respects, I guess I was wise enough to know that I didn't always have the best role models for mm-hmm. sure. yeah. good, <laughs> successful relationships in terms. So I really was like, you know, I just don't think marriage is going to be for me. And then, you know, I met my husband and I really just, that was like the first time I had ever been with someone. I'm like, you know, I really would love to grow old with this man. That Aww. would be wonderful. Yeah. But I, I I think being part of your book is to to make people feel that they're not wrong for not wanting marriage. Excellent. Excellent. I would love that to get across to people. Well, thank you. And and that is 
what we were talking about earlier, too, is that if marriage wasn't in society, if marriage wasn't even existing, you and Brian would be together. Yes. <laughs> you would be yeah, choosing. Yeah, we would still be together. Yeah. You'd be choosing to be together, which is a big thing and a big part of my book and about how um, I feel about relationships. I definitely feel that people need to choose moment to moment to be with the person they're with. And I, I've observed your marriage, and it is rare to have such a fantastic um, ability to share the things that you share. And if I didn't mention, I need to mention that Amy has actually just gotten back quite recently from London where she was asked to participate in the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. And she also um, just finished as the star of the uh, play Night Watch, which was run at Fountain Hills Theater. She also... teaches dramatic arts to students. She produces, directs, and runs her own marketing firm, Elemental Enterprises, Inc. Uh, also, And then I'm also directing, coming yeah. up here soon, a, a Shakespeare production that we're going to do in January at the Alwyn House, and then I'm um, directing Sherlock Holmes up at Desert Foothills Theater. Yes, there's many balls in the air. It's all yeah. good. It's yes, good. And, and but it's wonderful. And the thing is that, that that's the two of you, being able to, um, you know, be able to have this relationship and still have so many things going on. But the thing that I'm trying to say is you're independent. Both of you are independent. You make your own choices. You know, he supported you going off to London. Mm -hmm. You support him and his endeavors. And then you still come together at a point because you choose that. Um, You know, Amy, something that's interesting is you did a great deal of research for my book on the history of marriage. And then... um, we, you know, we discussed that so much. It was just a wonderful thing that yeah, we found it, out so much. It was really interesting to go back and look. You know, I think we always think marriage has been naturally um, a part of society. And uh, I hate to break it to everyone, it hasn't been. It was really um it actually didn't even come along with religion. Religion tried to make it better, as they always do. Um, sorry, make it better. But actually, really, when when um, people moved around in tribes and were gather hunters and gatherers, um, sex was pretty uh, pretty open mm-hmm. with everyone and. Um, I won't go into, well, I guess I can get into the graphic details about a little bit of the penis and how now they believe that um, some of uh, a guy's penis is designed to actually pull out other semen of men that have, it's been so interesting. Yes, it was very interesting. Some I didn't include that all in the book. I never the knew re- that. Yes. No, we didn't. We did not do that yes, because I don't remember <laughs> us talking about that, which just surprises me because yes. those are the things that we love to talk about. Yes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, what's interesting is, no, I think it was interesting is it really was a village to raise a child. Um, I think they, fe- you know, tribes just figured if everybody... Uh, slept with everybody then everyone was invested into the help of the tribe and it just was not you know it was about survival it really truly was it was about um, moving on and existing and it really wasn't until we got into farming when um, land ownership started to come into play we started farming the land we started wanting to own land we wanted to start um, having children to work the land we wanted to start um, you know um having something to give to the children and then legitimacy came into um became more prominent and and yada 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 
Yeah. Uh, but, you know, even going through the years, I think what was interesting was how versus in Greek society and Roman society, how um, sometimes women had a very equal say in things like in Egyptian society, women were pretty much on an equal fit, footing, but in Roman society, you were pretty much property. Uh, that's the, the changes the started changes, to really yeah. happen. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, that we found that I found very interesting and was that in the tribal setting, women and men just freely had sex so they could have as many children as possible so this way they always knew because their children died in those times and uh, very easily i mean a lot of um uh well you know unfortunately death but they needed children well if you look more to a lot of the pagan religions that you know um that all the you know, which is what Christmas is based off of and Easter, O Esther, um, all these uh, pagan religions that are now integrated into Christian religion, which is kind of interesting. But all these pagan religions basically um, were very female-centric. Yes. They were not yes. male-centric. Um, they were very female-oriented, and, and women did have great power and were on equal footing as men, and it really wasn't until um, we started... Uh, moving over more into these other male-based religions that, that started, our, our power started being stripped away from us as women. And the uh, feeling, too, is uh, and that we, as, we are a society, and, but we still have the certain and the basic instincts that we had in the you know, times when we were just tribes roaming the earth. So... There's a lot of, the, you know, going back to the male being just because he would go out and bring back some of the food while the mother was taking care of the children it didn't make her any less important than him going out to, you know, provide, so to speak. Right. And so somehow this has gotten messed up in this in our society now where if you're a man and you're going out and, pre, pre, you know, bringing home the bacon, as it's been said, the woman is supposed to go, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Now, <laughs> now, let me say this really quickly. I adore men. I love men. Oh, I know men. you do. Okay. I know you do. Yes, I, we, we just decided I'm not a cougar. I'm a lioness. A lioness. Okay. And <laughs> so please do not get me, get me wrong here, but it is just the way it is. That we there's attitudes that have been formed, and a lot of that comes from just what what is you know. I think what? I think my biggest frustration is just think for yourselves for Pete's sakes. Um, <laughs> I think you have to look at everything how everything evolves out of something, and and I think where if you look at the time that the Bible was written. Um, during Roman time, they were having wild orgies and sexual transmitted disease was running rampant. Mm-hmm. So there was a mm-hmm. reason to go, hey, please sleep with one, one person because mm-hmm. you don't want to get a disease and we have no medicine for and you literally back then did die. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everybody had it. And everybody I mean, look had at it. King yeah. Henry. I mean, yeah. They you were know, all sleep- Henry VIII was just, it was a mess that yeah. entire so look at the time that it was written in the connotation. And I, I think my favorite story that I've always heard was, you know, there, there's this granddaughter who's making her, you know, her, um, her grandmother's meatloaf. And basically she rolls up the meatloaf, cuts off the ends of the, 
of the, the the ends of the meatloaf, puts it in the pan, and her daughter asks, Mom, why are you cutting off the ends of perfectly good meatloaf and throwing it away? And she's like, I don't know. That's just the way my mother always did it. <laughs> and then she calls up her mom's Mom, why do we cut off the ends of the meatloaf? Well, I don't know. That's just always the way your grandmother did it. And call up Grandma. Grandma, why'd you do it? Oh, so it could fit in the pan. <laughs> You know, the pan was too small. And it's that thing. We just do something because that's just we don't question why we're Mm. doing it because it may be outdated as that was, you know, question why you're doing it. We progress. We move on. Society changes. Absolutely. And that's the thing that um, really helped me with, uh, you know, when, no, let me back up. When I first wanted to write the book and put it together, it came. It was a culmination of a lot of people that I've guided over 25 years, yeah. people that have come in and, and been very upset and very miserable in their entire existence because mm-hmm. either their marriage was falling apart, and it would be after three, four, five years. And I was like, you know, okay, they they couldn't understand why does this happen. And some people are falling out of love within a year. So when you see enough of this and you understand that people are just people and we change mm-hmm. and we need to accept change in our lives, that to have such a uh, societal, you know, um, chain, so to speak, on us by saying, you have, you know, the government says you have to get married. Religion says you have to get married. What is that? We're two people in love. Why can't we just be together? It doesn't make any sense to me. And, of course, I go off on my soapbox, as you well know, Amy. But that's, what, but that's where I was coming from with understanding that if you learn how to just choose to be together, then you look at protecting each other. And that's something you and I discussed quite a bit, was about protection, about how do we protect ourselves if we end up in mm-hmm. a relationship. Because so many people will just now move in together. <laughs> well, I think personally, I think part of it is that it's so it's kind of interesting. I think people won't say, "Hey, I need this from you." Because they're afraid if their partner says, hey, I can't give that to you. They're like, well, then I lose them. Yeah. Yeah, but then he's never going to give you what you need. So move on and find someone who will. I don't understand this. But then he'll leave. But then he's not the right, right. person for you. <laughs> I, I don't understand this this, this this fear of losing love. Then it's, it's not love if he can't. There's things you need as a person in order to go on or to live, and if he's not going to give it to you, then I think move on and find the person who will. Why? Why mess around? And and yeah, time exactly. And we did talk about it, where we, you know, where we said, well, come on now, if you, if you as a man, and we talked, and I've said this previously, if you're a man and you're dating somebody who's small-breasted, but you like large breasts. What in the hell are you doing? Unless it's a one-night stand, which is fine with me if that's if everybody chooses it, and that's okay. However, don't don't go with somebody or even start the relationship if you're wishing she was something else. And the same thing for women. Women have a tendency to fall in love with somebody's potential. Yep. Not, you know, oh, he would, you know, I know he's going to really be something someday. And I'm going, who is he now, honey? 
oh, he's going to be something great. I yeah. know it. Who is he now? No, I have a very, <laughs> very good friend of mine who even met. I mean, she falls in love with the potential of people all the time. And, you know, I think all women go through a phase of that. I think I went through a phase of that and quickly you know, uh, snapped out of it, thank God. Uh, oh, my whole second marriage was based on that. Yeah. So, you know, we but, are speaking from experience. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But I've also experienced men that think they can change your mind. You know, I've had oh, the typical, yes. like, I, you will never be anything more to me than a friend. It will never happen. It will never this or that. Please don't. And then they'll call you up, well, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wait, didn't we just have this conversation? <laughs> well, I just figure you might, I could change your mind. I'm like, no, there's no. no. Which to me, in, in some respects, as woman, I find insulting. Do you really think I'm so weak-minded mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I don't know myself well enough? <laughs> or do you think you're that, I don't know, amazing? I don't know. It's very... <laughs> But I, I really wish there would be more of this honesty in society of where we just accept people for who they are. I think, you know, there's an Oprah. I think Maya Angelou, like, when people show you who they are, why mm-hmm. don't you just believe them? Exactly. Just believe them. Exactly. Yeah. And and the whole idea of, like you were mm-hmm. saying, the mm-hmm. whole idea about changing people, and especially in relationships, don't go there, people. If you feel that you have to change the person that you're with, this person is not for you. And uh, so just keep moving down the line, right. so to speak. Well, I think, you know, I think when um, we come back, I know we're starting to head towards a break here. But I think when we come back from a break, we should talk about because, you know, when Brian and I got married, before we even married and everything, we really sat down and asked them questions, which was what you and I talked about in the book. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, well, doesn't like everybody kind of do this? And you're like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> You know, because I definitely, when I sat down with Brian, I'm like, here were some make or break things that is what really addition, what we put in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, I was very shocked that people don't ask these questions, don't sit down. But I do think it's so much because they're afraid if they say, hey, you know, I can't live without this and this and that. So I'm going to go, okay, bye. Well, then. I don't, That's I, too bad. Then say goodbye. Just well, yeah, it's goodbye. a fear. It's a fear of not having this person in their life. Yeah, and uh, so we certainly uh, don't want to live in fear. Well, oh, I believe it's time <laughs> to take a breath and have a few sips of tea and honey, and afterward, let us ask our guest about one of her favorite authors. Shakespeare. So, back in a breath and a sip. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visit LoriJ.com to find out more about Lori J and her services as a psychic intuitive reader and past lives channel. Be sure to pick up Lori J's book, Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract, available on Amazon.com. With cheating and the divorce rate so high, why not look at commitment and marriage from a different point of view? You'll view relationships in a whole new light, one that you've probably never thought of before. Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract. Find out more at LoriJ.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. 
Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Contract for Love. To reach Lori J. or her guest, please call toll-free 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to loriej at loriej.com. Now, back to Contract for Love. Hi there, it's Lori J. back with you on Contract for Love. I'm here with Amy Serafin. <clears throat> Excuse me, Amy is a marvelous actress. She's my favorite. Um, she's also so biased. A, yeah, oh, I am biased. She's a fabulous director and eventual producer, and she's... Uh, with us today and one of her favorite authors, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. However, before we get into any kind of Shakespeare, we want to know more about Amy and Brian. Brian, <laughs> her wonderful husband. And uh, yes, we are talking, I am talking to many married couples because these married couples will say that absolutely, if there was no marriage, they would still be together. And remember, Even though I wrote the book on Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract, it is about long-term loving relationships by people who choose to be together. Okay, Amy, you were telling us a little bit how you actually approached contracts without approaching contracts. Yeah. Explain that for our listeners. No, I think it's it's like what we were talking about, how people... Uh, don't ask the questions that they need to ask before entering any relationship. And uh, I just, I think uh, maybe because I was in my late 20s when I got married that I just had had enough of the BS. And I was like, look, here, you're going to give me what I want. You're going to give me this, this and that. And you don't want to give it to me. I will move on. I don't care. I I own my own house. I ran, you know, I was a successful woman. Great. I don't need a man to take care of me. I don't, you know, I'm fine sleeping alone. It'd be great. But I... I can go to a bar and have sex if I want. That's not the issue. Uh-huh. Um, I want someone who's going to be a partner and we can go through this journey through life together. Yes. And what I loved and I think is great about your book and we worked on together was sitting down and asking the hard questions. And, you know, my husband and I basically sat down um, before we got married and I was very blunt, right? Like, look, you should know that there are certain places I will not live. Mm-hmm. I will not live in cold weather. Like in Chicago or North Dakota, (laughs) or I will not live in the South. I do not deal well with humidity. It will just not happen. I will, you may take me there, but I will be completely miserable and make your life miserable in return. So let's just accept the fact. Um, Honesty. I love honesty. Um, And, you know, even in terms of, I think what I said were deal breakers. And I said, you cheat on me, we're done. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can ever get over a betrayal of trust. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, so easy to break it, so hard to get it back once you yes, have it. And yes. I think the other one for me that was really big was um, 
any kind of addiction because I had grown up with um, addicts in my in my family in my life, mm-hmm. and it was very. Um, I had just learned that the sooner that they hit bottom, yeah, the sooner they'll come out of it, and I think mm-hmm. the sooner they lose. So I just was like, I will not. You will be so long. Goodbye. I'd probably still be there for them, but I just have noticed the sooner you break the ties and they hit rock bottom, the sooner they want to get the help for their own recovery. Yeah. Not so much of an abandoning, but we but see that. They, how can you abandon them? No, no, because I've been through my experiences um, that they need to hit rock bottom and want to get well and want to change their life. So these were things that I expressed to him that were like, I cannot these are the things that I need. These are the parameters of the mm-hmm. relationship of which I can function in. And did he, have, did he have any things that he said or was he kind of, how, how did he, he was approach pretty much on the, He was like right back at you, you know, it was, and I think that was where we really came to the same terms on certain things that, that we saw eye to eye on. Um, what's kind of, I think, interesting, my poor husband there was other stuff, though, I will admit, that didn't come up, which I think is interesting for a contract <laughs> because when he met me at the time, uh-huh. I was a meat eater. Okay. Um, although I had done drama, it was in the past, I was not doing it at the time. Yeah. And now the poor guy, I'm a vegetarian and I do <laughs> yoga and um, <laughs> and I'm like acting and directing. And uh-huh. So the poor guy's like, what? Yeah, what happened after 12 years? <laughs> poor guy. Um, but he's handled it all. You know, we've grown together and it, it has been times, it's, you know, it's about communicating and it's about, I think, the true focus of our relationship, thank goodness, has never been one of dominance or this or that, or you provide, it's been truly a partnership. Yeah. And I think the, one of the best quotes I always learned is in any partnership, the best partnerships are one where one's, you know, get, both sides think they're giving 60 60. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's both great. sides think you're giving 60 60. Then it's just, then it's that right. That you both think you're balancing each other. There's so many people, so many couples that, um, you know, the the woman or the man, you know, it happens on both sides, fear the other person leaving if they ask or say what they truly want in the relationship. You know, so many times we've had I've had you know, through guidance have worked with people who do not speak honestly about their sexual relationships. And so that, you know, is is and that's a huge thing. Yet they're not talking, they're not communicating. So when when you are talking, I know that you and Brian have honesty and communication, yeah. which are the two largest things that we need yes. for long-term relationships, no matter how we put them together. So, but, you know, would you talk to us? Because you know, and I know, many people who have or feel that, if they say goodbye to this person that they really know isn't correct for them, that they're lost. What am I going to do? I can't say I'm. I can't say I'm going to leave him or walk away from him. There or the other way. I've had men. Well, I can't leave her. I mean, blah blah blah. And they'll even say, "Well, I love her, but I'm not in love with her." Well, why are you with her? Because I want. I don't want to hurt her. What? <laughs> oh, you know what? I. That's kind of interesting. My mom kicked my butt years ago with that I was in high school and I was dating a guy and um uh he liked me more than I liked him and I told my mom I was I thought I was being so martyrdom and selfless and being with him even though I really wanted to leave and it wasn't working out but he really liked me and I didn't want to break his heart and so I was kind of divulging this to my mom and my mom you know um 
she just pretty much told me you are just basically a selfish bitch. Um, <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't use bitch, but she used, you know, <laughs> how selfish are you being? And I was like, what? I was really shocked. Like, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. And she's like, how dare you stop him from so- finding someone who gives him exactly back what he deserves? And that was very, it was like, oh. Yes. Wow. I'm, it's not just me. I'm stopping myself from going and finding someone who me, I'm being so rude and dishonest to this person by not giving them what they truly deserve. Someone or, or the opportunity to find someone who will. And that honesty is paramount. Yes. Because when you look at so many of the sites out there, whether, no matter if you go onto, uh, you know, any of the internet sites, and if you dig a little deeper, you'll find the ones for married married people, and uh, that they can have, you know, they lo- they're looking for affairs, and they're starting, and it's kind of interesting because they're married, and they're only some of these people are in their twenties, and so it's like, okay, when do we get honest in this society? When you have people who haven't been married for more than two years that are looking for affairs almost immediately because this this whole thing is, they all of a sudden go, well, what what is this? Well, because I think marriage is something they think they're supposed to do. That's that's it. It's something they're supposed to do. I, I even think, you know, I'm, I'll tell, say right now, I don't have children. And mm-hmm. I'm, it was really interesting the first three years after Brian and I was married. Uh, I think the first three years were torturous because everyone's asking, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? When are you having kids? When are you ha-? I'm like, stop already. And we actually had planned to have children. And as our life went on, we realized we were really happy without and now we're told how selfish we are, oh. you know, um, which is kind of disturbing. Oh, you, how selfish can you be that you don't want children? I'm like, I actually think I'm being really selfish because if I'm not at the point in my life where I can give 110% to a child, then maybe I really shouldn't be having one. And I always kind of felt people wanted Yay. us to have kids to kind of justify their decisions. To make, to have to, children. Th- th- that they had mm-hmm. a family. And, and. Um, you know, it's, it's no dig on that, but I really hate the judgment that I receive for being a woman without kids. I love kids. I'm so, oh, I can't say something. I have good news for family member that I may be an aunt soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, I know you I'm love children. so excited. I love kids. But I do. Thing, I teach kids. That's I what I'm saying. Them, the children love you. And if you didn't, if you had your own children, how could you give this love to these other children that are coming in? And when they work with you, they're just an entranced by you and because you have energy you you (laughs) you have been working with five kids at home do you feel that you really you know want to and and nothing and you know i don't want to keep there's no apologies here people because if um if you have children bless your hearts i had children i was a single mother with two children i know how tough it is out there when you're when you have children and you've got to work but what what i just admire what you're saying amy because of more people again i've got to write a book on honesty yeah no i I, really do it is the number one and i explained to you and i want to make sure my listeners know this my feeling you know you talk about truth no everybody has their own truth yes which can be different than your truth 
But honesty is honesty. And here's one of the interesting factors why I actually married Brian, because I had never felt myself be more myself around any other person other than like my best friends and my family, any guy I had dated uh-huh. than I had him. I was completely unabashedly honest in myself around him. Great. Great, bad, whatever, you know, completely. And we were okay. It wasn't putting on, I had a previous five year, I constantly feel I had to put on, I guess it's not being yourself. It's like, okay, I have to put on my best self every time I'm around this person. Uh-huh. Well, that's crap. You know, exactly. that's if you have to be able to show your worst side and your best side and your most vulnerable side and your raw side and all mm-hmm. those sides, they have to be able to love and accept you for all of them. And if they can't, you need to find someone else. You know, something that you had brought up in the book, which I which I really loved um, that we worked on was how women and men, well, women more than men, actually, equal marriage to worth. What are we handed when we're little? Oh, absolutely. A wedding Barbie doll. Yeah, exactly. Here's your wedding Barbie. Here's your baby doll. What are we trained for with our tours? We had so much fun on that part of the book. Oh, that's (laughs) the one thing. That's the one that probably gets me so irate because, and I'm so glad to see little girls writing, you know, Lego companies and this and that and starting to say, hey, you're not putting in enough female scientists or this or that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, we're literally handed, you know, teacups and... Not and it's still I, that way, even though we, that way. look at how we you think that we've moved on. Huh? We've well, pinkified and princified princess everything for yes. little girls, and it's very sad. It's, it's another. I'm feeling that it's happening again because when I uh, I unfortunately don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do and I see these commercials, I get a little crazy that we are bringing all of this back. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a little bit of froggy going on in my throat <laughs> today so however when when we also when women uh you know they feel that and society treats us that if you're not married there's something wrong with you or if that's still going on oh yeah that's I, still I, going on I, we haven't lost that no i just literally had um lunch with a friend of mine who is equally as successful, runs her own business, does her own, she's, you know, a public speaker. She's amazing. I find her, I don't understand why she hasn't been picked, you know, in, not in a loving room. Some man hasn't go, God, this woman's amazing. And she actually was just coming out of a relationship. We were sitting down at lunch. And basically the gentleman told her he would have married her if she had been Christian. Mm-hmm. She's um, Jewish. And, um, and, she kind of knew that was coming up in the relationship and she was very sad about it. And she literally looked at me and goes, well, that's the closest I'll ever get to marriage. And I literally just looked at her and went, why does marriage equate worth for a woman? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's so successful. She did everything. And yet this, there's this feeling feeling inside of her that, Oh my God, I'm never going to be married. And then I'm, and it's just, it's heartbreaking to me that we think somehow, our marriage, but I have had it happen to me when I was getting in my late twenties. I literally had an older woman ask me if I was engaged, and I told her no. Oh, this is my favorite story. She was like, "Oh, <laughs> she literally." I'm sorry. I have to no. Stop. That's okay. Go she ahead. Was like, oh, are you, are you, uh, are you married? And I'm like, no. Oh, are you dating someone? And I'm like, no. And then she gives us. She literally pulls her head back and she looks at me and goes, "Do you have a child?" <laughs> Like, I'm damaged goods, like, right? And I'm like, no, I'm just single. 
And then it literally was, then the look changed from damaged goods to, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I was literally like, screw you, lady. This was my boss's <laughs> wife, so I couldn't do it at the time. But I was, you know. But uh, lit- that was uh, literally the look I got from an older woman. Yeah, and I love that. And that's because it, that is what it's... But that's what, that's what happens. That's what happens. You don't have a man that, that chooses you. The choice thing. The choice. Well, but he has a cho- choice <laughs> choose you. Uh, you know, man thinks you're good enough to take as a wife. <laughs> Screw that. Well, and no and good we, man's good enough to have me. Yeah, there you go. I like that because that's what happens is that we uh, women start to feel that from early on we're taught. You're to be, oh, you're you grow up, get married, have mm-hmm. children, and then you can have a career or whatever. Well, Nobody says don't get married. Nobody says to their child, don't, don't get, get married. Just, no, that's what, that's the progression of what you're supposed <laughs> to do in life. Well, I loved recently Jennifer Gardner brought uh, that up on, on uh, at an L luncheon that she found it interesting that everybody asks her how she balances the work-life thing. Uh-huh. But no one asks her husband that. Oh, wow. You know, doesn't he have a family? Why is always the burden on the woman that how selfish of us to want to go and have a career and then have a family? How do you balance that all? But that, but a man's not asked that. How does he balance his workload with his five kids why isn't that ass that absolutely excellent i love that because that's true a man is is balancing and but you know the the woman but the woman is like you said but she's she's the one that the burden falls if the marriage if you end up separated or you start to get Mm important they say what's wrong with the woman (laughs) People say, well, what's or she's wrong? taking him to the cleaners, you, yeah, and then it becomes about yeah, money, and then she's yeah. taking me for all I'm worth. And, and yeah. Yeah. That and it, that's when things get really ugly, and that's yeah. why I so promote yeah. not getting married, getting a contract, and understanding that you love each other, and to protect those children. To protect them before things do get ugly. When and I see when I see people, and I have no problem with people going out and having affairs. What I have a problem with is that they're not being honest at home. In other right. words, if you have an open marriage, you go out and do it. But if you do not have an open marriage and you think it's perfectly okay that you aren't hurting her, Okay, yeah. by going out and doing, or her or to him, family. or her. I mean, there's a lot of women out there. These men are having affairs with someone. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of women that are having affairs too. And so what happens is neither one is being honest. And why not? Are you? Why are you not sitting down and saying, this is what I need sexually? I'm not getting it. If we can't do this, we need to separate. And the one thing I love being from a family of divorce in your book is that if you do a contract, and this is the one thing I think I most strongly believe in your book, that if while you're happy, you're happily in love, if you work the stuff out with the kids now mm-hmm. before before you break up when it's bitter and it's wrong, you will not drag the kids into being weapons against each other, which very much happened in my parents' divorce, which is very, um, very sad. But you make it about... That it's just clear cut, and it, and you wrote it at a time when you guys were in love with it, with with each other, and so that when you guys are in a lot of emotional turmoil and everything, the contract's there to keep you guys from getting stupid. 
Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> oh, I love that. Absolutely. And that's so true. That's so true. And well, one of the things, too, that I just want to say is that when you're, when you're in these relationships and these things are coming up, if you, if you start now, even, even if you are married, because most, of the, most people are, um, please go for the honesty. Well, here we are again, and we still haven't touched on Shakespeare. <laughs> But I do believe it's time to take a breath and have a few sips of tea and honey. And afterward, I promise you, Amy's going to do some phenomenal Shakespeare. She's going to talk to us about some things you've never heard before. Okay. Have a nice sip and a breath. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visit LoriJ.com to find out more about Lori J and her services as a psychic intuitive reader and past lives channel. Be sure to pick up Lori J's book, Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract, available on Amazon.com. With cheating and the divorce rate so high, why not look at commitment and marriage from a different point of view? You'll view relationships in a whole new light, one that you've probably never thought of before. Don't get married, get a five-year contract. Find out more at LoriJ.com. Are you someone who strives to accelerate your spiritual growth, living authentically? Everyone wishes they had a pipeline to higher wisdom to help them understand their life and manifest a new point of view. Join Holly and Paul Marwood, who will serve as your guides on Soul Genesis. They will share inspired guidance from the High Council of Orion, which can turn your questions into answers and your problems into solutions. Tune into Soul Genesis, live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The 7th Wave Channel. On the Voice America Network. You are listening to Contract for Love. To reach Lori J. or her guest, please call toll free 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Lori J. at LoriJ.com. Now, back to Contract for Love. Welcome back. This is Lori J. And I'm here with my good friend and editor of my book, Don't Get Married, Get a Five-Year Contract, Ms. Amy Serafin. And Amy, as I've, we've stated earlier, um, is a great Shakespeare actress also. But before we get to Shakespeare, and I know we will. I promise I promise my listeners we will. But I need to ask you one question here before we get there. Um, you really have been an observer of human behavior as an actress and mainly as a director uh, in many areas of the theater and the life within theater, so to speak. What strikes you as the most common relationship issues in the now? In the now? Um, and if at all possible, can you... Uh, speak to 
How do we improve that communication between sexes? Because, girl, you know how to do those things. I think, um, I don't even think it's between the sexes. I think it's with everyone. It's just merely listening and responding. We have this term in acting that you listen and you respond, and you have to be in a moment of truth. And one of the things I think, I honestly think everyone should take an acting class. <laughs> I <laughs> agree with you. I, I do. do. Yeah, I really no. agree with you. Um, I'd like to do that. Matter of fact, I'm going to do that. You should, <laughs> because there's one, when you step into acting class, it's, it's all about non-judgment. And uh-huh. what's so amazing, I think, especially as I watch students, I have young youth actors come in and I have adults, is that there is such a... Uh, right and wrong and a fear of mistakes and a fear of messing up that is just so permeating throughout our society. Oh, absolutely. This fear. And what's so great about acting class is that you come in and it's trial and error and it's failure and it's success and it's, you know, you're working your way through stuff. And, but one of the, and I just think that helps with with relationships in life in general because you realize that you can pick yourself up you can screw up you can mess up and you pick yourself back up and you get better at it and you move on Mm -hmm. but one of the things I do love in acting is literally this exercise we do it's the key to acting it's just they always say is listening and responding and they always one of the jokes I think some great actor said is that there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth you're made (laughs) to listen more than you are made to talk and we don't I think yeah so I think to me with relationships if there was a little bit more listening and non-judgment in general, uh-huh. there would be a lot, I think, more peace and understanding. And in an attempt to empathize, I wish there would be a lot more empathizing, which actors do. Because you have to, you, if in order to play a character, you have to empath. You have to, even if there's serial, well, if they were a killer, like I was in my last play. Yes. Right? I, kill, I can't judge her. Mm-hmm, exactly. I simply have to understand where she's coming from and why she feels the need to take the steps that she does to play her honestly and truthfully so that you don't see the surprise end. Yeah, you never guessed that I. Yeah, that was them. very good. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> And and so when and that's really a, a beautiful thing when you start to think about how if we really worked on all those inner feelings and be able to bring them out in acting or expression expression express yes why we you know, express I ourselves without more, non-judgment yes I have more people say to me are you angry. And I look at them and I go, no. They say, well, you sound angry. And I said, I'm Italian. Yes. I'm Italian. I speak loud. I speak passionately. I hug everybody. Do you know that that's the, like, the number one vo- problem that we have with all the majority of actors that come in is vocal? They're so terrified of being loud. Oh. We in a society, and it's so funny because I think it's very regional. Uh-huh. Like, if you're in New York, hey. You're yeah, you're in New York. York loud, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Um, you know, but out here, for whatever reason, there is this very judgment about being loud. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting yeah, societal and, thing. And, you know, it, it is true that people will, will feel that way. And I go, oh, honey, no, you have no idea how much love is in my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, but I do wave my hands and I do speak loudly and I look you in the eye. Mm-hmm. So, um you know, I I so believe in so many of those things. Not that I have not been have oh. my errors in life, my little mistakes, and all those goodies. I mean, I have been married twice. I've been divorced twice, and I have my life experiences. But I'll tell you, I know who I am right now mm-hmm. at this moment. So, Amy, 
if you don't get into Shakespeare, like right now, I'm going to be very upset um, because I want you to tell us a few things about Shakespeare that we may not know because uh, I want my listeners to know Shakespeare is not dull. If you want some good sex, if you want a good, you know, some real good in uh, marvelous expression between people, this is it. It's it's learning to understand the language. And maybe you can talk to us just a bit about that, but then give us some. Yeah, um, just really quick. Um, yeah, I mean, majority of his stuff, I think people get very intimidated because he wrote in verse, iambic pentameter specifically. But what's interesting is... Iamic pentameter is the beat of a heart. To tum, to tum, to tum, to tum. So, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he wrote that way. Um, it, it it is totally to express the the passion and and and. Um, uh, God, I don't know. It's just passion, the love, all the things. The anger is all it comes it's from. Life. The heart. It's life. He wrote <laughs> life. He's amazing. Um, I think some little lesser things you didn't know is that actually um, Shakespeare is probably he, they. I mean, they pretty much a consensus that he was bisexual. Um, he had, um, if you read his sonnets, which I have some today, um, he uh, basically talks about a young boy. A boy that he that that he was lovers with, and then this was later in his life. So the boy probably was not a you know we think boy. Oh, he's this young. No, he was probably older, but well, I he was call, younger. Yeah, I call people in their twenties boys. boys. I'm okay, sure that's so, what it, I yeah. think they're all small. And I'm like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, he actually and in, in, in his sonnets he talks about sleeping with a woman and a man. So and what was really interesting is he published these, and there was no he was not run out of London. <laughs> You know, he was not, you know, he was Catholic. He still followed Catholicism, even at a time when Catholicism was not okay during Queen Elizabeth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, he was Protestant. So, um, I, I think there's this thing. I think what's the most amazing about Shakespeare is that he really, truly did understand all loves. There's some passages um, in his sonnets where he just simply talks about um, still loving someone, even though they know he knows all their deficiencies. Mm. I know oh, that you're terrible. Yeah. Like this woman, like people speak bad of you because you say, and I yet I can't help being in love with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, he uh-huh. was very, very, I think, um, open. And how and beautiful open is that yes. to know that you can love more than one person? Absolutely. And that you can love them in many different ways. And the, and that's something our society cannot get used to, is the fact that we can love more than one person in a different way. And some people we can love very sexually, but we wouldn't love them. We wouldn't want to even live with them. And then somebody else we could love very, you know, a great deal. But that's the person they want to spend day to day, you know, right. working with. So this, we do not, we are such a closed minded mm-hmm society and it just and we i'm hoping in some way my little bit or you know that we can look at making changes and especially in our attitudes it's attitudes and i'm talking not just about men but women too women actually today are coming up more and more saying i don't want to get married but society says i need to to you know, have uh, all the all the stuff that goes along with it. But let's get into Shakespeare. 
Um, so, talk to us. Well, I think it's what's great. No, it's great about Shakespeare. And it was so funny is women not wanting to get married. And what's, I think, divine is, um, so I'm pulling scenes I'm doing at the All One House in January, um, kind of close to Valentine's Day, basically. Um, a, a performance piece on Shakespeare's lovers or what I'm going to think of called Shakespeare on love instead of in love, it's on love. And basically, um, it was great. I was pulling scenes and these scenes are just delicious. I mean, if you look at Petruchio and, and Kate from Taming of the Shrew oh, and their yeah. relationship. And um, it was really interesting when I was over in London this year, I had a completely... Um, interesting eye-opening experience on Taming of the Shrew because there's very controversial um, paragraph at the end of Taming of the Shrew where Catherine talks about her husband being the lord of the manor and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I think Kate is very aware that Petruchio has this bet to win and this is why she says what she says. But what was really interesting is... um, there's this falconry. They, the two of them get each other. Uh-huh. There's just, yeah. they really do get each other. Um, and there's a passion between these two uh-huh. um, that I think what was interesting is I don't think they know that not everyone else will get. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting because they put on the airs, mm-hmm. I think, for everyone when they're around of yeah. what the marriage is supposed to be. Yeah. But... I think outside Petruchio and Kate probably have a really Petruchio have a rocking bedroom, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting. I mean, Shakespeare writes, if you look at Lady Hotspur and, and, um, or Lady Percy in, in the Hotspur and it's interesting, they call her Lady Hotspur. She's just as fiery. Um, and they have a passionate, um, intense relationship you know marriage and it's a marriage and she you know you should really read the scene in in henry the the fourth part one and she gives it just as good as he gets it you know and so that's what i love i mean shakespeare there's been some controversy that like oh shakespeare writes weak women no if you really go back and read some stuff he doesn't write women weak at all Mm-mm. at all he writes really really strong women if you look at Beatrice and much ado about nothing I mean these are these are women that give it just as good as they get it so it seems yeah. to me that he really admired the whole relationship <gasps> process so much and that he could observe and see um, to be able to write the way he did yeah you have to have this great you know and this is what I was talking about you have also you've got this great observing eye you Mm -hmm. see things and you know how to uh put it into words you know how to put it into action and so that is something that uh, oh i love passion and like i mean hell bells you know passion you know let's get it back people get it back you know this is going to be timing when we really need to learn how to expand our love and be in love with with who we are first and then with others. Go ahead. Absolutely. Um, oh, we only got, we only only got three, three minutes. I'll give you oh guys a sonnet. This is one of the, one of the sonnets I thought was pretty funny. Um, it's Sonnet 108. What's in the brain that ink may character, which hath not figured to thee thy true spirit? What new to speak, what now to register, that may express my love or thy dear merit? Nothing, sweet boy. But yet, like prayers divine, I must each day say o'er the very same. Counting no old thing old, thou mine, I thine, even when first I hollow thy fair name. So that eternal love in love's fresh case weighs not the dust and injury of age, nor gives to necessary wrinkles place, but makes antiquity for I his page. Finding the first conceit of love there bred, 
where time and outward form would show it dead. And I, it, it's talking about the renewal of love, that even as love goes on, you are going to have to find ways to renew your, I, that's why I really liked it, ways to renew your relationships, ways to renew your passion, because you're going to get old. You're not going to be as slender and cute, and you're going to yeah. get a little pudgy and squidgy. Yeah. And, Me. And, yeah, and you're going to have to find ways to renew Absolutely. that love. Absolutely. And that is so beautiful. And and that's it. You know, to if you have those contracts, you can renew. renew your love. You can renew your love and you can make it a celebration as much as you'd like it to be. So don't forget, let's celebrate. Well, our time is coming to a close. So I hope you've had a lot of sips of tea and honey. And I hope you've had some wonderful breaths. And just remember, we are all the perfect, imperfect piece of the perfect puzzle. And come back and see me next week. Lori J., I love you. Thanks for tuning in to Contract for Love. Be sure to join Lori J. next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. We'll talk more next week.